Welcome to the Tech Bytes podcast. We're sponsored today by Infoblox, and we're going to explore Infoblox's Net MRI, a network management tool with a variety of capabilities, including device discovery and network topology mapping, configuration monitoring, change management, and more. Our guests are Ingmar Van Glabeek, he's senior product manager at Infoblox, and Adam Fox, solution architect at Empowered Networks. Ingmar and Adam, welcome to the podcast. And can you give us a quick overview of Net MRI and what it does for folks who might not be familiar? Absolutely. Happy to be on. Uh, so NetMRI is a, an NCCM tool. That means it's a network change configuration management tool. Um, it allows you to discover and manage your network as well as deal with configuration policy compliance. So network change and compliance, right? So this is this sort of, I've got a configuration, I've made a change, I can review it, or is this more of a actually doing the change for me? Let's just dig into that a little bit. NCCM is pretty well known, but let's make sure everybody understands. Yeah, so, so it works on, on both sides, right? So, so we, we talk to all the network devices that are out there. Uh, we build an inventory of the entire network equipment that you have running. Uh, we capture like all the SNMP, CLI, HTTP uh, API data that we can. And based on, on that inventory, we then allow you to turn around and, and run automation jobs against it. So it's, it's not just seeing the changes and allowing you to look at the details, but it also allows you to, to automate and really uh, amplify your efficiency uh, making those changes against the network. So it's also a source of truth. So we see a lot of people talking, they're doing automation. They want to have a centralized repository of configurations of uh, known state in the network, someplace where all of the different vendor devices send all of their data so that if I'm going to run an automation or an Ansible script or a Python or, you know, whatever, I don't have to go around holding multiple databases and multiple configurations. Is it in that vein? Yeah, it, it definitely serves that purpose. Um, so, so it, I mean, one of the main points about NetMRI is that we are absolutely vendor agnostic. So we will talk to anything, anyone. We have an enormous list of, of supported devices, models and versions, and, and that is continuously being expanded. And that is really something where, where we pride ourselves in, that, that we, we just build that source of truth, that, that single place where you can find it all, and then you can use that in any way, shape, or form you want. If, if you are like a more traditional, like I want to CLI into something and execute commands, you can. But if you want to use that for further automation and you say, okay, well, what do configs look like? How can I tack this on top of or, or add this to other workflows like Ansible, um, then it offers the APIs into all that data as well. Mm -hmm. It's very, very well put uh, as a source of authority, like you mentioned, Greg. It's uh, yeah. what we see is we see a lot of clients using this as a trusted initiator as well. So we see a lot of people integrating NetMRI, that source of truth with their ITSM, CMDB systems, so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. And they actually use that as a trusted initiator as well, because it's wise enough to know what's on your network and any new devices being added to that network we're able to really make it part of a, a growing ecosystem. And just to bring it back to the NCCM, you know, what, how does it kind of differ itself and what is kind of better about NetMRI? It, it sets, it tests, and it enforces policy. So it's kind of those three things. It sets, tests, and enforces. And one of the things that makes it vastly different than its competitors is its discovery engine. It has a really slick uh, discovery engine underneath the hood. So instead of doing mm -hmm. NMAPs or, or ping scans, you know, a lot of different vendors will do discovery like that. It uses what I call the tell me about your friend protocol. So it'll actually <laughs> connect to a device and say, give me your, you know, your CDP neighbors, your LLDP neighbors, anything with an IP address, let me know about it. And then I will mm -hmm. use that to enrich my discovery. 
So it is the source of authority, but it's also really dynamic how it works underneath the hood. And we've seen a lot of clients integrate very successfully with ITSM systems like ServiceNow, Jira, so forth. You talked a little bit about enforcement there. That's interesting mm-hmm. to me. So what you're saying there is if I see a change and it doesn't meet some sort of uh, policy or template mm-hmm. or configuration standard, you're actually able to what alert on that or to to do to do what with it? Exactly. It's the what we always recommend is you know you want to take it in steps, especially because people need to respect their change management requirements. So we initially we always recommend people start monitoring for the change, you know, uh, test it. But then what they're able to do is, of course, alert on a violation. But there's some low-hanging fruit, or sometimes you need to act really quickly. Low-hanging fruit would be something like an SNMP community string. I don't need to do a lot of change paperwork for that. So I can use the tri- trigger job framework in NetMRI. It's very easy to do. It says, when you see X, respond with Y. So X would be my monitor looking for the bad config, and Y would be a remediation script or a remediation template that's automatically going to either revert that change or, or do something to that configuration however you want it to be treated. So with SNMP, we see a lot of clients, basic example, we see a lot of clients enable that automation just to act immediately. They do the paperwork after the fact. And sometimes we also see it with things that are a little more uh, advanced, like perimeter firewalls and ACLs. If someone's changing an ACL outside of a change management window, you you don't want to necessarily wait for the paperwork to snap that back, right? That could be a hostile actor increasing the attack footprint. So if somebody's suddenly doing things, something at two o'clock in the morning and that's not in a, and you're running a, an ITSM sort of operational process, which says changes don't happen outside of these hours, you've got ways to either alert or either to alert and then act or whatever. There's flexibility inside of that capability. Exactly. Yeah, we, and, and we have seen customers that are um, implementing this in, in some sort of a, a two-stage way as well where if, if they detect something that they have like an, an automatic remediation for, it detects, it remediates, and then it checks if the remediation was successful. And if that check fails, then it gets escalated to like a human interface or to a human interaction. Mm. And that probably reflects the nature of net MRI in the sense that it's very mature. This is a product that's been around for a decade or more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that one of the things beyond being vendor agnostic, it also will go back the entire line. So just as an example, a vendor like Cisco, there's some solutions that are going to address their more recent releases and then kind of their earlier ones where NetMRI is going to be able to manage the entire life cycle of a vendor like that because it's been in the field so long. It knows how to interact with you know, CLI, SSH, all the way up to what they're introducing now with things like software-defined networking and API interactions. So you remember the what the old switches and how to make them actually extract configurations over <laughs> 10-year-old switches and things like that. Exactly. Uh- Absolutely. And, and I think that is also something to take into account when, when looking at, at like tools that you put on your network. Uh, specifically, if you have like 10-year-old switches in, in your network, is how do you know that, that the tools you use are, are going to be aware of them and then are going to have uh, some knowledge about their uh, intricacies? Uh, one example there is that there's a ton of historic iOS versions um, with with issues around SNMP polling causing impact on the device. And because of the maturity of the product, we really have that down to a science. So we know these issues and, and we filter them out so that we, we don't cause any problems on the network. Because again, if, if, you, if you have something that is in a critical position and all of a sudden you have a, a weird SNMP query being made, now you peg the CPU to 100% and you have an outage. 
Mm-hmm. Speaking of network impact, something that's really important to consider as well, I, I've worked uh, 15 years in the monitoring space. And before I rolled out a new monitor or made any changes to the software, I really had to consider what type of impact I was going to make. With NetMRI, when you're evaluating configs and you're evaluating the state of things, it's referencing its local database. So it doesn't need to be going out and bang up against your network when you're trying to push out new policies, when you're trying to evaluate different rules. It's all referring to itself because it has a live copy of your running configurations. So you're able to do a lot of these activities without having to worry about impacting the network at all. How often are configurations updated or how often is it polling or gathering information? So that's another part where we we kind of we try to be as smart as we can. Um, so we we will try at least once a day to validate a config and, and and gather the data. But it depends on the device type, and it also has the ability to ingest SNMP traps and uh, syslog data from your network devices. And then we trigger on change. So if we see somebody making changes to a device at that moment, we will go in and we will fetch the diff in the config. Um, and that also allows us to attribute changes to users without having to look at your AA um, solution or, or go, go d- dig through other authorization logs. Mm-hmm. It really shows you exactly, okay, at this moment, uh, Adam made the following change on this device. Um, and then from that perspective, having the ability to just click one button to roll back to before the change, I think that's, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. So are you able to, a lot of configs are actually quite complicated. They go one way. That is when you make a configuration change going forward, you can't just say undo the change or you can't know that configuration step. You actually have to do multiple steps. Are you able to handle that and, and to understand how to roll back configurations uh, intelligently? Well, so what we have in there is, is really like the, the versioning between the configs allows us to just push the entire file as the full config back to it. So if, if you make a change and, and you would need multiple steps to back that out, that is one way. But if you would just wipe the config and push the N minus one version of it, then you would back, be back in that original state. Right. Indeed, there are buttons in within the configuration view. There are buttons to perform an immediate rollback as well. But uh, what we'll usually see, like you said, it's multi-part change, right? Someone might make a change, mm-hmm. save the config, so forth and so on. It, it's going to capture each of those diffs and you actually have the ability to Whenever there's an outage, you know, change is usually the leading cause. But having this diff engine, you're really able to look in and say, okay, this was the change that could have actually impacted service. You know, changing the SNMP polling string isn't going isn't gonna to mess up my ACLs. So you're able to actually, instead of rolling all the way back to, you know, the five, chain, five changes you made, you could look at each individual change and intelligently say, this is the change I need to negate. Now, this is this is kind of uh, topical at the moment because we've had a recent well-known vulnerability called SolariGate where another product, which is in the same space of this network configuration change management type capability where they'll give you the historical sort of thing. This is an inflection point where a lot of people have suddenly been challenged to look at this, what the tools that they're doing this. Are you seeing some a lot of activity as a result of that and based around the fact that they need to reconsider what's the right tool for the job? Yeah, we've we've seen definitely an uptick in in like people looking at MetaMRI for for that purpose, um, and and so absolutely we're we're definitely ready to accommodate these these use cases and these uh, these these switches. Right, and and from a security point of view, uh, one of the things that differentiates NetMRI from a lot of the different competitors is it's a contained solution, extremely extensible. You're still able to interact with it via API and get all the information out in a very secure way. 
but it's a sealed solution. So you don't need to be managing databases. And it's not as much as a, let's just say, it's not as much as an attack surface available to some of the other competitors out there. Right. So you're alluding to the fact that NetMRI is also partly part of a company that is security focused these days. You're not just a company that makes management products and they're safe because they sit in a management zone. You're alluding to the fact that Infoblox is a security company too these days. Indeed. Indeed. Infoblox is, uh, works with uh, some really, really big names, a lot of the uh, very secure agencies, and they have to conform to very, very strict, strict requirements. Mm. And that's part of your, you've got a very long history in the government, like working for the federal government and meeting the requirements and things like that. So a lot of those security things that you might want to ask are probably solved in some of those. So I want to dig a bit more into this idea of automating network changes. Is this really just about you're going to write configurations that I give it? Are you giving me some sort of intelligence assistance or some sort of capabilities to identify the configurations for me? Is it just that? How's that work? Yeah, so it's it's a it's a complex picture, right? So so we allow you to build that inventory of your devices and then just make changes to them. Right click um, SSH to device and 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 off you go. But we also give you the ability to to create these jobs, which are like little snippets of of config statements or or, or commands that you want to push, and then that you can you can tie that into your automation workflows. So we we have a workflow in there where where you say, for example, hey, anybody can push these out, but nobody can approve their own changes, uh, and so that gives a much better quality of changes and, and and at least having two sets of eyes on on each change. And then you can take it a step further and go really into the like scripting that is that is native on the on the appliance. So you you just write a script um, in in one of the three following languages. There, there's CCS, which is like a proprietary but extremely simple scripting language that is geared towards like pushing state config statements and and dealing with the CLI output as you get it. But we also actually support full Perl and Python natively on the environment. So, so you can take that complexity really to a level where in your, in your automation jobs and as you push changes to devices on the network, right. you leverage other APIs and other systems. So if I've got a bunch of Python scripts that my, I and my team use regularly, I can leverage those with NetMRI? Yeah, you can just uh, import those straight into the product and, and start uh, running them from the platform which also gives you actually a good single source of truth, again, for those scripts that are being used to manage your network. They don't reside on five engineers and, and, their, and their computers anymore right. or in, in, this, uh, in this repo where, where everybody has their own branch. And that can be helpful, you know, if somebody leaves the organization or whatever, they don't take all that uh, sort of working knowledge with them if you've got that one repository for everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just, just to add to that, of course, there, there's the... There's Two uh, mecha- there's many, but there's a couple of mechanisms you can make changes within NetMRI. The templating aspect of it, you don't need to be a developer. You don't need to know Python, although we'd recommend you learn Python. It's becoming very prevalent in the networking space. But you're able to do templates, which is just networking commands. And then with the Python scripting, even you're like, oh, Python seems a bit heavy to me. It's not. Because uh, Infoblox created the NetMRI Easy package, when you look at the Python script, it gives you the, you know, the Boolean logic of Python. You're able to say if this, then that. But when you actually look at the commands it's implementing, they are just networking commands. So you do not need to be a developer. Any network engineer is going to be able to embrace this system and run with it, especially when it comes to onboarding. Like you mentioned, a lot of the time you'll have some key employees, some really, you know, really smart individuals, 
and they'll they'll move on with their career and then you're kind of left holding the bag uh-huh. trying to trying to figure out what the heck was going on and how did they ever make this work with netamurai <laughs> you're not going to you're not going to run into that because it's a really easy to understand interface that you don't need to be a developer to to do awesome aut- automated things with so I, one last question before we wrap. There's a lot of folks moving to SDN, SD-WAN, lots of overlays and new ways of doing networking. Is NetMRI relevant here? Yeah, so we, we actually um, added a completely new API-based discovery engine to, to the product. And so that allows us to, to extend that multi-vendor support to controller-based and API-based engines. Uh, and so there we've been adding some SDN and SD-WAN vendors, and, and we're looking to, to increase that there. Okay, fantastic. So if, I've, uh, if you've piqued anybody's interest in NetMRI, uh, Ingmar, where would you send them to get more details? Well, I, I think um, the proof in the pudding is eating it, right? Go to infobox.com slash techbytes, and there you can get um, an eval running. So that means that you'll just get the VM, um, OVA, or uh, QCOW, and you can run that on your environment so that uh, you can spin it up, test it out, and, uh, and give it a go. All right, so take it for a test drive. That's infoblocks.com slash techbytes. That does wrap up our time. So thank you, Ingmar and Adam. And thanks to Infoblock for being a sponsor. You can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our community blog at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn, like us on Facebook, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.